Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. Um, good morning, everybody. I oh, it may not be morning where you are, but good whatever it is, wherever you are. Um, we are here. This is still part of Beverly's uh, hiatus month, and I am here today with the amazing Aronica of Needle in the Bell and many other properties on Instagram. Um, and I'm so excited to get a chance to chat with her for the next hour or so. Um, Aronica, how are you doing today? Tell us about yourself. Stuff like that. <laughs> good. Well, good day, Jenny. Um, <laughs> I am phenomenal. I am. Um, I mean, you know, of course, in truth, because I am definitely a truth teller. I'm a little tired because, you know, we're coming off of uh, summer break and we're getting we're getting ready to jump into back to school. And um, in full truth and honesty, mama is ready for a break. Um, so that is how I'm doing. In fact, I am so excited. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about you, but typically Mondays I sit at my desk and I'm like, what do I do? What am I supposed to be doing when I sit here (laughs) and how did it get here so fast? And this coming Monday, I just don't think that it's coming fast enough. So, um, I am looking forward to, um, quite a few things, namely getting back to sewing and creating as much as I was before without feeling guilt of possibly neglecting my three children. So very, very excited about that. Um, but other than that, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excellent, you know, pretty good. That's awesome. So I homeschooled my children for almost all of, (laughs) almost all of their schooling education. And when I wasn't, I think I had three entire months in my younger daughter's kindergarten year where they were both in a public school or a private school. (laughs) And so I am, I am agog at the idea of having had that that back to school experience in the same way. I think that's wonderful. And it is it is so good to be able to look forward to that. I know my children really love it because they do not homeschool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I used to homeschool mine for a period of time too. And um my middle child is still like, Mommy, are you sure you don't want to go back to homeschooling? And now that I've gotten this like <laughs> taste of midday freedom. I'm like, I'm 100% certain, but I will show up to read to you and I will show up and have lunch with you. But (laughs) no, mommy is very, very excited that someone else gets to nurture this brain a little bit. I I think that is wonderful. And it does sound super exciting. I know I I often felt um, a degree of envy for that. (laughs) (laughs) I can definitely relate. So my, my weekend has been really chaotic. We're recording this on a Sunday morning. And normally for me, my weekend is involved in sort of scheduling my grocery shopping and planning TV viewing. And that's, you know, we have no children at home. Our grandkids come over every other weekend or so it's, it it was supposed to be fairly chill. And then somehow I ended up on a, a five hour round trip road trip to Knoxville in the morning and came home to do a five-hour road trip to Charlotte to go see a bunch of 1980s bands. <laughs> so yesterday, Saturday, was a 4 a.m. Um, to this morning at about 1.30 or 2 a.m. Oh, no. <laughs> sort of a day. And 
I am frankly too old for that. That is that is too many hours for one day for me. <laughs> I mean, Jenny, me too. Girl, me too. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it was it was absolutely deadly. It was a wonderful concert experience. Um, I'm I love music, but I don't remember bands. So so I enjoy hearing music. I like boogieing in my very bad, poorly rhythmic way. But um, but when my daughter said we're, we saw Ario Speedwagon. Loverboy and Sticks, and I know I've seen Loverboy in concert before because I went mm. when I was in the eighties and a teenager. But the other two bands, I'd heard some of their music because I recognized it, but I would yeah. never have been able to identify them. And in fact, my favorite troll before the show started, they were just playing generic eighties hits, and every song that would come on, I'd look at my daughter who knows all this stuff, and I'd be like, "Is that Loverboy?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and it'd be like Cindy Lauper. I mean, I was I was a hundred percent sure it wasn't, but but it was fun, and she hated it. So it was a really good bonding trip. <laughs> um, I think that this is epic that you did it with your daughter. I think that <laughs> is probably my favorite part of this. And she had the ticket. She called me and, and essentially like, said, "I've go. tried this list of people, and they're not going with me." And I thought it'd be super fun to do with you. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's cool. I'm so glad oh I took goodness, the list eventually. Put you on like the D list? Oh, D is generous, but yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I hope that she hears this. I hope that she's listening. Oh and she's goodness. like, oh man, I put my mom on D list. It was, it was pretty hilarious. It was a, it was a fun time. Um, it was a really good time. So I told her the red hot chili peppers are coming and I'm like, I could go back for that. But, um, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm with you there. Let us so, go to the red hot chili peppers. Yeah. They had gone to the same venue earlier, both daughters and one of their friends for, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm pretty sure it was the Backstreet Boys because NSYNC wouldn't be touring, right? So it had to be the Backstreet no, I, Boys. Well, yeah, because the Backstreet Boys, I think they just did their, um, you know, I'm I'm Backstreet Boys generation. And I yeah. think they just did their, um, their reunion tour. Yeah, they, they remember, went and saw um, that and said it was amazing, except that they kept killing the vibe by playing new songs <laughs> instead of just playing the stuff where the nostalgia was big. And they're like, we, yeah. get it. we understand why you have to do that. But oh my God, you're, you're killing us. We're all out here doing our thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, what the hell is this? So what song is this? Does anybody know the words? Can somebody, I guess I can go get a drink or go to the bathroom. The yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. It was, it was interesting. Anyway. So that's, that's my very non-sewing based um, weekend. <laughs> and today is equally busy looking, but with less driving. So, um, which is yes, <laughs> very much so critical. Anyway, um, I did want to mention that our, our we have a couple of sponsors this month for our giveaway. We've got Stocks Patterns in Germany. Lindy is giving away one of her octopus fabric panels. I don't know if you've ever seen these, Veronica, but they are amazing. They're basically a yard wide by however long. Um, and they have a large screen printed octopus. Like when I say large, I mean two feet from head to tip of tentacles. What I was going to call them tails, but I know they're not that they must be tentacles. Even though I think octopuses, they discovered like four of them, they use as legs and arms in a different way than they use the other four, but that takes you into, um, I guess, sea creature trivia so anyway these are beautiful panels they're wonderful for making like the front of a dress or yeah. a t-shirt or a tunic or something um so uh lindy's going to give one of those away and meliot patterns 
which is a European pattern company who's recently expanded sizing to include a 62 inch hip. I know. And especially yes. in a European pattern company, because that's often where I look up a pattern and go 42 inches. <laughs> And then like, 42 is like a 5X and you're like, 5X what is like, am I 42X? Yes. Yeah. yes, which is, I mean, I already find it wild that in, <clears throat> that in Friday Pattern Company, I am a 7X, which just feels like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm usually past the numbering system. Like I'm okay with it because whatever, yeah. it's my body measurements or my body measurements. <laughs> But the first time I found that on a on a Friday pattern company pattern, I thought I really it hurt me. I felt hurt, and I shouldn't have. Bit. It's stupid, but but yeah, it was one of those where I'm like, man, seriously, I think this is the first seven X I've been. <laughs> you know, it's it's very wild. The sizing ranges are bananas. You know, um, and part of me is like. Is it better to do, you know, something that's like the, um, like the made for mermaids where they just put like a color yeah. and you're like, oh yeah. I mean, basically in made for mermaids, I'm essentially a sunset, you know, because I've got to grade my pattern. <laughs> so like I start out at a yellow and like, I end at like a red or a ruby and I'm like, oh, look at that beautiful sunset that we've got, <laughs> you know, um, or if it's just, you know, here, look, no, really, just let's go by this sizing. And I think that like Chelsea does it with Friday patterns because of her breakdown of all of the sizes. Yeah. And like, they added the bigger sizes later. They'd already gone to a 4X. And so really, yeah. in sizing, they had two choices. Right. All of how we name things and how we break it out or keep going. And honestly, I'd like to see them keep going further. Although I think it will become, I think you will, it feels to me as if you would almost have to change how you did your sizing if you were to go yeah. out past seven X, because I think you hit a point where people who aren't fat might notice it and have words to say. <laughs> They'd be like, listen, a 25 X is too much. Okay. Like <laughs> someone has to be offended by this number at this point in time. <laughs> And like, I get it. I think that, and I think that, you know, when you're a plus size, so is it, it, it is like the thing of, are you offended at the size or are you offended that the size range isn't included? And it's like, we almost have to pick our battle, you know? I know. And it's like, <laughs> ooh, I mean, I guess, I guess we'll celebrate, but you couldn't have called it like, I don't know, periwinkle. <laughs> I do. I do love it. And of course I'm a big fan of Friday pattern company patterns. Same. I made. So many of them, they're amazing. It yeah. just, I, and part of it too is sort of internal, right? What part of yes. me is bothered by the seven X is there's some part of me that is basically projecting a fat phobic feeling onto it when exactly. it's literally just a designation. It's no different than if I was heart sized, you know, it's precisely, yeah, still the same size. Um, <laughs> yeah. And of course, that's the reason why that they came out with, of course, the vanity sizing to, you know, kind of soften our, you know, that blow but I also don't love vanity sizing because like you know in old navy I might be like a 24 in target I might be a 20 but then in like you know I don't know something else I might be like a 32 and so because it lacks consistency it makes (laughs) you know and I generally only shop for jeans because I pretty much make everything else um and I do want to get into jeans making because I did just buy a pair of jeans 
and they fit amazingly. And it's so funny because Karamia just did this too. She bought those wide leg jeans and then she turned around and then there was that huge gap and she was like, you know, um, putting it together so it looks better. Literally the same thing happened to me, except there's a lot of fabric back there, Jenny. I'm yes. like, there's like a huge yes. gap and I'm like, whew, I don't really wear belts, but I don't know, man. I think I might need to like throw something on here because the gap back there is is massive. Either that I'm going to have to I've definitely taken off waistbands and darted in the back and put the waistband back on smaller because Mm -hmm. I've got a similar problem. I think our proportions are a little bit different, but I mean, I'm still going from the 60 inch hip minimum range, right? To a 48 or so inch waist in that four inch span. And jeans aren't generally speaking. Occasionally, I think Lane Bryant in the mid nineties or early two (laughs) thousands came out with like shapes for bodies. And for a while, they had a pear shape where I was like, that's only off by like an inch. I can totally wear that. <laughs> but for the yeah. most part, they don't. They come in, uh, you know, less than that. The Whatever the ideal right. shape is for ready to wear doesn't doesn't include my proportion. And so I, I'm with you. I've made a couple pairs of jeans and I like them, except for the part where it turns out I don't like to wear jeans. <laughs> they fit very well. I'm so happy with them. For the non-stretch, I, I really, really recommend the Noise Jean by uh, by uh, Mona and Broad. Um, okay. There are lots of really great videos. They're, they're the sort of standard way you do jeans and jean fitting, where there's maybe a two-inch seam allowance, and you're going to try them on over and over and over to make sure yeah. you get it right, transfer it to your pattern so you can do it again and all that stuff. But uh, Leela has done some really great videos on that. And when I was having trouble with some of my fitting because of that, just like 45 degree angle at which my, my hips come together, except it's not a 45 degree angle, but that's the effect um, that when I sent messages, DMs and stuff, I got really great answers back. So I love those. The Ames jeans and the ginger jeans, which just got updated are great if you're doing um, spandex lycra, in my opinion, but very you know. excited. That was actually one of my sewing goals this year, which I don't think I'm going to get to because yeah, you know, I actually just pulled up my um like my nine sewing things that I wanted to make. Jenny, <laughs> like if behind was the biggest understatement of the world of 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 the day because like I haven't even gotten started and I'm like oh we got some work. It's like to it's do. August, yeah. <laughs> I, so I've never done one of those nine grids. And I think why is because I'm so much of a binge sewer that even if I were to do that, it might be that I hit something like right now for me, it's Karamia's yesterday dress where mm-hmm. I just start sewing it and I don't know how to stop. And, and that, that can eat up yeah. three months. I mean, I can just have like, but a, you don't crank them out. like between yours and the, um, like the slip dress that she made. Like I, so it's, it's on my laptop and it's, it's pulled up ready to be sewn. And actually I just finished, if you can see behind me, I just finished shopping my stash so that I could pull out some woven fabrics that had like some really nice drape. And I did that post on Instagram asking for like, you know, the woven fabrics that have great drape. Cause I'm like, yeah. I'm like this, cause I have like the, um, the uncover fabrics, which I'm like, this will be excellent for one shape, but a different silhouette with this like really drapey, like kind yeah. of clingy, but not fabric. I'm like, Ooh, that'll be like a little understated sexy. Right. You know? And I'm like, Oh, 
definitely want to do that. Um, and then Karamea posted a story of her wearing the white one. And of course, she's always sewing in these whites so that she can dye them. And I'm like, yeah. I really need to stock up on more white fabric so that I can do this too. Like I had my husband watching with me as like we watched her ice dye something. And I was like, this is incredible. This is phenomenal. Yeah. Like I want to do this setup too. for ice dyeing is so great. I just got a Swiss, a white Swiss dot. I want to say Ralph Lauren dead stock from seams fabric. Wow. That's cotton that I'm going to, I haven't decided yet. I'm either going to sew the yesterday and dye it, or I'm going to oh, dye it and sew it. it. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to sew it first and dye it, which I don't usually do, but I yeah, think I am. Because, yours up and, and do the dye first. Yeah. And I think on this one, I'm going to do the opposite, but I'm so excited by it. it. It's really lightweight, but it feels slightly crisp and it's, it's just completely lovely. And I'm so excited by that for, of course, another yesterday dress. I have <laughs> done the same thing. I've shot my stash for yesterday. So the problem is I've already made at this point 26 and I have six more sitting on my cutting table ready to go because I can't stop. It's, it's like a problem. I cannot stop making this dress. I love it so much. And my new job, you were talking about Mondays and, you know, going into, yeah. I started a new job. So right now Mondays are fun, I saw that, yeah. you know, cause you it's new. So it's like, woo, I get to go in and do a thing and it'll be awesome. And you haven't had a chance to even find what, if any negatives there are about the workplace. So I'm so excited. But at my new job, I can wear the narrow straps of a yesterday dress and not, it's not a problem. Like a lot of places I've worked, I'm an accountant. I'm, I'm expected to at least kind of cover my shoulders and, and things like that. And this is You're not an expectation. Boy. Yeah, basically. And I'm yeah. really bad at that. So I've never hit that goal, but, but I, but I do, you know, usually have, I have a thousand small cardigans because mm-hmm. anything I do, I can probably put a card- cardigan over. But like at my new workplace, I can 100% wear a dress that has the word resist stenciled on the back and it'll be fine. <laughs> so it's, it's you awesome. With the, um, what is it? The dragon fruit dress? Yeah, I, I've got one exactly like that. And I'm, I'm so excited because I'm, I'm in a, well, oh my gosh, there are so many things I could say about this place. But the biggest way I can sum it up is when I was applying for a job as a controller as an accountant, mm-hmm. the, one of the questions going into the interview process was, can you help us understand how financial literacy um, intersects with systemic racism? And I'm like, yes, I can. That's a conversation I am prepared to have. You're like, so happy you asked. I've been waiting for someone to ask me this all my life. I'm ready. I mean, my gosh. And I'm like, this is, I mean, I even told them when they asked, I'm like, this is wild. I have never, never worked as an accountant somewhere where that question would even occur as a, as a thing you were interested in wondering about much less where it's part of your vetting process. I like that. I like that. I like that. So one of my clients is actually a DEI. Um, she has a DEI business that specializes in, um, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion. Training. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times people think that diversity looks like, oh, hiring someone who is not of the norm, right? Who's not of a societal norm, um, meaning cis white and able-bodied, right? Yeah. And I love how they are including this in their vetting process, right? Because diversity truly starts with every single hire that you make. Yep. 
um, and that higher being willing to um, to acknowledge either where they are or where they aren't. Right. And so starting out that way is ah, it just makes my HR heart so happy. (laughs) It it did mine as well, because I've I've had that big HR component of my life for the last 10 years in the role that I had. And, and it's, it's really exciting to see a company say the things. And then now that I've been there two entire weeks, so I only have so much knowledge, but being able to see the way that it's evident through their systems that they, they Mm. live these values is, is everything I could have hoped for. I, I literally on my second day during a meeting that we were having of leadership, um, it, one of the, it was really appropriate for me to just be like, this is literally my dream job. I'm geeking out over how amazing this opportunity is. And I'm, I'm so excited to be a part of this. And so it was, it was just really, really neato. I love your nails. Your nails are flashing in the video. And I'm like, Oh my God, (laughs) I just took the yellow off my nails and moved them to really, really boring pink. (laughs) And And now now it's like, Oh, now you need to go and get neon. (laughs) I'm like, we've got like a month left of summer. I'm embracing the neon for as long as I can. And that's awesome. So that's a really great segue to what's inspiring to you right now. Where are you, where, when Monday comes and you're sitting at your desk and you're like, screw this work, I'm just going to sew. What is the inspiration? <laughs> you know, um, you know, I, I typically used to wear and only sew a lot of earth tones, right? And I was talking to um, my girlfriend, Nefertiti, who is the corny rainbow, Mm -hmm. um, who, of course, if you follow her, you know, she's always wearing something bright, something full of color. Um, Whereas, you know, like, in fact, when she made her, uh, she has sweatshirts that say humble, it's her brand and she yeah. came out with the rainbow. And I was like, I wonder if she's going to come out with something that's a little, you know, lower key. <laughs> and she did, she came out with like the nude rainbow version and I bought it immediately. Cause I was like, look at that. She made a sweatshirt that was just for me. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> what I had to learn about that is that I really felt like I needed to be wearing these muted tones because I, I didn't want to stand out. Right. And so I think a lot of times people, people think about clothing in a very superficial way, as opposed to understanding the relationship between what we wear, how it makes us feel, and more importantly, what it can pull out of us. Right. And so, um, I was like, as my friendship with her has even developed and I see how, she has this boldness, not just in her personality, but also obviously in her clothing. I was like, you know what? I really like bright colors. And for so long, I thought that I needed to wear colors that made me um, not stand out because of my size, because, you Mm -hmm. know, I am not of the norm, right? Like I'm not Like, I'm not like if people ask me how I'm doing, I'm going to give an honest answer. You know, I don't believe in lying. I don't believe, you know, so I felt like because my personality can be pretty bold, I should dress in muted colors to kind of balance things out. Right. And so now for me, what's inspiring is embracing the color and embracing, um, embracing standing out. Right. And understanding that I'm not meant to just kind of fit in to a tiny little uh, neutral and earth toned box, 
that it's okay if I wear neons and I wear a lot of neon fabric, right? Or it's okay if, um, and I love, I've always loved to mix and match my patterns. Like, um, I don't believe that patterns don't go together. Like, I think that if you have one pattern, you should absolutely put on another one. And I've always felt that way. But now I'm doing it more with something outside of just like camo and, um, you know, like cheetah print. Right. Are two, um, those are two of the same things, in my opinion. They're both two, two neutrals, right? So, <laughs> you know, whereas before I used to like, um, before I used to feel like I, I definitely had to like, you know, do a lot of fitting in and, and trying to figure out what that looked for me. Now I feel more confident in wearing the brighter colors and making the things that, um, have more flow. Right. And honestly, you yeah. inspirations for me too, because, you know, when you're bigger bodied, you're like, let me see if I can just wear something that's a little bit fitted that makes me look a little bit smaller. Whereas a lot of times, in fact, I asked my husband this the other day, I said, when you think of like, when you think of me and what my style is, like, what do you think about? Like what, what, what comes to mind? And he's like, definitely like the flowy, um, you know, and of course, I, I'm looking for another term for this because, you know, it, it is cultural appropriation, but very boho chic, you know, very flowy, very, um, you know, I don't know else, how else to describe it, but, you know, very unique. And uh, I'm like, man, I don't know if that's how I would have described my style, you know, or, or what would have come to mind, but that's actually where I line the most. Like, I love to wear things that are not tight or I like to have a balanced silhouette. So I've been reading a couple right. of different fashion books, you know, because I'm not professionally trained in fashion or in um, sewing at all. So I'm reading a couple of books just to get some inspiration when it comes to silhouettes that I really love. I'm getting ready to empty out my closet. And that's really inspiring to me because I'm like, I walk into my closet, Jenny, and I look around and I'm like, I have nothing to wear. And then my husband looks at me like, but you have 75% of this closet filled uh-huh. with clothing. And I have 25% <laughs> filled with my clothing. So I think that there's something for you to wear in here. And, um, you know, but, you know, if you're not inspired to wear anything that's in your closet, it's like, I have nothing to wear. I don't have anything yeah. to wear. So now that's I'm where, yeah, the, that's uh, cleaning out your closet is really huge for that. And it, it can, yeah. for me, it's very daunting. I'm, I consistently clean mine out and I sell my overflow. It's just sort of my yeah. rhythm now, but, but this last time that I did my closet clean out, I was like, I told my husband beforehand, I'm like, I'm going to get down to just 20 dresses. That's my plan. But yeah, I know. Right. I did not spoiler alert, get down to 20. <laughs> As it turns out, Jenny could not get down to 26, 20 dresses. (laughs) I got down to like 50 or 60, which which is not 20. And and even then I sold off almost 70 items. I mean, it was was celebrating this though, because this was a step in the right direction. We're celebrating. It's fine. Oh my gosh. I'm selling again next week and I am I am not gonna get to 20. I'm not even gonna say that I'm gonna get to 20. But, but I'm going to get lower than 50. I'm going to go lower than I did last time. And we're going to see what happens. But it's, it's at that stage where 
where it's the stuff I know I'm going to wear, the stuff yeah. that comes to my hand regularly anyway. And yeah. then it's, it's weird because some of it's the stuff where I'm like, I know I'm supposed to love this. <laughs> and, and Instagram fucks with my head for that because it'll be something where it's like, I mean, that got like a thousand comments. I, I have to, I mean, I can't get rid of that. Obviously yeah. I'm, I'm wrong. If it's not coming to my hands regularly, the problem is that I'm not right about whether it's, it's a great dress for me yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't make me wear it anymore. It just, it just makes me feel like it has to sit in my closet. So yes. this is so relatable. This so is I, the think I'm like, I think I just want to start all over again. Like I want to get rid of jeans and I want to get rid of like old pants. I want, I just, I'm tired of, of looking into my closet and not being inspired to wear anything besides leggings and a sports bra. So yeah, absolutely. I, I can definitely relate to that. What, what are you, as you're going through this process, what are your thoughts? What do you think, what do you think will make up at least say your first week's worth of thinking, sewing, planning um, for garments that you will reach for regularly? That is such a good question. That is such a, so, you know, I love a bodysuit. Um, like I love a, like a body Adi suit. That is like my absolute favorite thing to reach for. I love to put on body suits. So definitely going to be making some body suits. And as it turns out, Jenny, I don't have tanks. Like I don't have tank tops. Oh, and I don't know how I've made it through a summer in Georgia without tank tops. Like, it didn't occur to me until this summer yeah. when we started to kind of go back outside, right? Because we've been in pandemic mode. It didn't occur to me until I started to go back outside. I was like, oh goodness, I don't actually have something that will cover my sports bra up. Like I literally typically yeah. walk around in leggings and a sports bra. And like, if it's chillier in my house, then I'll throw on like a cardigan and I'm like, yay, dressed for the day. So I definitely want to do a lot of like layering tanks. You know, my favorite um, tank pattern right now is of course the stay stitch Lola pattern, hands down my favorite yeah. tank pattern. I feel like it's so versatile. So my biggest struggle with the Lola, I've made several dresses and I have one sitting on my naughty pile right now uh -oh. um, using that tank. And it's, I really struggle with how to adjust the curve on the front so that, so that I don't spill out whatever it is I'm doing. Cause I build in a shelf bra and I can't even remember if that's part of the pattern, but I'm adding yeah. a shelf bra and, and every choice I've made, I've ended up in a place where I'm, I'm weirdly worried about nip slip on my underarms, which is not a place that should be happening. And so I'm very confused. <laughs> I so love I it. I've made it repeatedly. I have, you know, um, I don't, I don't generally read directions or tutorials when I put together patterns. I like to freestyle it and see if I can figure it out because in my head, like I, when I was a kid, I used to love puzzles, right? And that was my favorite thing. I love to sit down and put together a puzzle, like give me a 3d puzzle. Listen, I'm done for, I'm going for hours. Like I'm don't, don't look for me. I'm with the puzzle. Right. So in my head, patterns are just like, adult versions of puzzles, yeah. right? So I don't ever listen to read the directions. So I'm not exactly sure what the directions say about that. But for me, what I tend to do is in the back, 
right? Like from mm-hmm. the top of the shoulder going down to the underarm um, seam is where I keep it the quote unquote loosest. Mm-hmm. And then I tighten it and I start to, I, I start to add a little like pull where my boobs are. Okay. And I do that because um, like I, I want them to be held up a little bit more, even though I typically wear a strapless bra with mine. But I do that because I know it's going to stretch out because of my boobs and the weight of my boobs. Then yeah. at least it'll have a little bit of give. Like it'll it'll stretch. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and it won't have the gapping. Like it won't yeah. right here. So um, like with my second version, I had some gapping because my first one I made with a Cupro that <laughs> I love the dress and I will still wear the dress. But we cannot wear the dress without some kind of shapewear because you'll see the sun, the moon, and the stars because of the the two-day yeah. stretch, you know. Um, but I also have to, I have to add like a quarter of an inch more in width to my straps okay. as well. Because, um, you know, as I'm surging and I'm stretching, sometimes that stretch will just leave it. So it's like, oh, is there even a, is, is the band there? It kind of looks like it's not. So I have to be cognizant of that. So I just add a little bit more onto there. I'll keep that in mind because it's a dress I've liked. I've made, I think, four of them. I like like how it looks on YouTube, Jenny, because you're serving the body body in the dress. I mean, I I think it's a great dress. So I'm sort of like you. I I think I have a lot of flowy stuff in my garments, but I also really love a bodycon. There's something I really love about that. And I'm not typically... um going to take the bodice from a bodycon dress and add a skater skirt or something else to it. I, I mean, take it all the way down. I'm very happy. I I do, do love that, but I, I find I don't pull them from my closet as much because when I pop them on, I'm always like, I'm not this. I'm not feeling, I'm feeling insecure, not from a Mm. body perspective, but from a batten down the hatches perspective. And so, so it's, it's been a struggle for me. So that's awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to take that advice. And as soon as I can stop making yesterday dresses, I'm going to definitely try again. (laughs) So Jenny, what has been your favorite material to make the yesterday dress in? That is a great question. And I think my all time favorite is a lightweight linen. Um, Mm. So a three ounce or so linen is my 100% absolute favorite but I have liked lawn. I really, really love bark cloth, which is like the opposite of a lightweight linen. <laughs> and and yeah. it, was, it was marvelous, but it gave it a completely different Still sort lot, of right? body feel and look. And I've made a canvas and an upholstery one. My least favorite is upholstery. Um, it turned out that was a step too far. I just went slightly, <laughs> slightly further in the thickness and body than the dress was prepared to handle. So um, that one's my least favorite. Um, but the the lightweight linens lawn has been really good. Anything in that sort of three ounce range, because I like, I like the float of it. And yeah. they're very stackable at that point. You can make a, a floor length one, a midi one and pop on a knee length over both of those. And you, you know, you're still not at a horrible weight for a garment and it's a lot of, a lot of fun. So I yeah. Like that. Okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. Um, because as I begin, I wanted to start out with my first version, just kind of being the straight pink dress essentially. Um, because even though I love color, I do not really like fussy clothing. 
Yeah. Like, um, I do like, I'd like a little bit of gathering. Like I like in my head, when I see people wearing tiered dresses, I love them. Yeah. And I don't, up until recently, I did not love gathering. I recently got, and by recently, I mean, last year, I got the gathering foot for my Bernina, Mm -hmm. which has honestly made gathering and pleading a godsend. I'm like, oh, who knew that this could be so easy? Because I typically gather on my serger and then I just pull my strings to tighten. Um, but I love the even gathers that actual that using an actual gathering foot gives you. So um, now I have less trepidation when it comes to creating like the tiered and the ruffles and stuff like that. Because my middle daughter, listen, she's my little fashionista. She actually came in um, last weekend. <laughs> And she made a little skirt with me. We, um, she loves the style of the, um, the patterns for pirates, maple sugar, maple skirt. Yes. And she loves that silhouette. That is like when Katie, when Katie came out with that skirt, I was like, oh my goodness, she made a skirt for my daughter. Right. I actually just finished making all of her uniforms yesterday and she got a sugar maple skirt as one of her uniform skirts so that she could wear it to school because it's got the little flirty bottom. And she is like, I mean, one, she's peak girly girl, like loves to wear dresses, loves to wear skirts, wants the fussy clothing. But now she's developing this sense of style. And honestly, that is really inspiring to me because watching her find and embrace her style and she's seven, she'll be eight um, next weekend. And so just watching her like embrace her style and honestly, um, and I'm sure that there's something about your kids that makes you feel this way too. Like I look at her and I'm like, man, I want to be like her when I grow up (laughs) because she's just like, this is who I am. Yep. It's not even an option of take me or leave me because I'm arriving in this vessel as who I am, right? Yep. Like I'm going to have a loud style. Likely I will be loud as well. This is this is me. And I love that about her. And I really work hard on not like taming that, right? Or making her feel like she's too much because she's a lot, but she's only a lot to the people who are who are not ready for her. But yeah. I love watching her embrace her style. And that encourages me to kind of step outside of my box of, um, I'm just going to make, like you, um, you have your favorite patterns. Like right now, one of my favorite patterns is the Piper pants, the Piper Palazzo <laughs> pants from Petite Stitchery. Because I love this like pleating action. Like it's different, you know, <laughs> it's got some pleats in it. And I love the pleating, but she's incur- watching me embrace her her style is really encouraging me to take a look at, um, am I actually embracing my style or am I embracing a style that I think that I'm supposed to have? Right. Yep. That's a really hard line, isn't it? To to try because there's so much. And as you get older, there's been so much more. I mean, I've got 50, I think four, but it could be two. I'm not sure. I've got 50 something years of being pelted by expectations exactly. you know what what is really me at this point this part and being able to be inspired by an unfiltered and un like edited version like smaller version of you yeah it's almost like a thing of huh so you're telling me that I could have been like this now let me go back and begin to kind of undo some of these things you know and um 
I will probably always be the crop top until I die, right? Please bury me. Or rather, I actually would like to be reincarnated. I mean, not reincarnated, but I would like to be, um, I want to be, what is it, burned? Cremated. There we go. (laughs) Thank you. I want to be cremated, but I'm like, cremate me in my crop top, right? Like sprinkle my ashes and be like, she lies everywhere in crop tops, right? Because crop tops (laughs) until I die, because I'm a firm believer in, you know, breaking the the style rules when it comes, especially when it comes to things like that. But I feel like part of, of breaking the style rules is not subscribing to what like style and fashion are. Like I went to New York and I was speaking at a conference and when I walked in, one of the girls was like, you have to be a fashion influencer. And I'm like, I am not, (laughs) that's not me, but I am completely flattered that you thought that, that I would be that because I, I was wearing me made, you know, um, and I had just put together bright red pants with a bright fuchsia, like one shoulder top. And I was like, this feels right. You know, and I, I wore sneakers and, you know, I felt like I stayed true to who I am and I felt so comfortable, you know, and I really feel like that's just like a taste of, you know, how fashion and how style really plays into how you, how you feel about yourself. Like I said earlier. Yeah. I I think that's, that's really fair. When, when you, when you look back at where we sort of started, which was kind of in unitard land. <laughs> unitard land. I stand for it. Yes. <laughs> what are your favorites? I know I have bought, but not made yet, the petite stitchery, maybe Athos. I can't remember the name of it um, as a, as a body suity sort of a, a thing. What, what are, what are the ones that come up on your radar? So for my it's not everyday, Athos, it's Pothos. It's the three, Pothos, the, yes. the three Stooges, the three Musketeers. <laughs> it's a so different I one. Love, yeah, I love the Pothos. Um, you know, and I think <laughs> the Pothos is really great for like I love to to wear my um like my biker short length Pothos with like a um like a very long dramatic uh like robe feel. You know, yeah. like, very like blowy, right? But I love the. The petite stitchery hibiscus bodysuit. It's an off the shoulder. Oh, okay. I love the made for mermaids tie bodysuit. They came out with that with their clueless collection. Um, And I love the patterns for pirates be bold. And that's the one that has the square neckline. And I like it because I never thought that I would like a square neckline, but I ended up loving the square neckline. Um, I think that it gives such a different feel. Um, than your normal scoop or crew neck or v-neck so um and then recently I have made um in fact I tested and made I'm getting ready to put a reel together for the styling of this but I just made the um the new one from Friday pattern yeah I love that one so much and I love the um I really love the way that it it accents the the body right like with the seams for the top part that's that's the lined part um and I really really just love that I think it's so versatile um I'm working on a question yeah does it have snaps below you can add snaps if you want to I am supremely lazy and I often do not add snaps so how do you go to the bathroom what's the plan (laughs) 
very the same and of course i feel like this is everyone's question right um especially when there's no snaps involved is just like with the swimsuit you just move it to the side okay you know so i only do two piece swimsuits so i just take them down but yeah. <laughs> but that's great i've i've wondered that i used to live in a unitard and the way i wore it was always with a robe or something like that and i just hung that in the stall and drop my drawers yeah but but with the with the ones where you can have snaps I've always wondered and when I looked at the pattern I didn't think it had snaps like you can always add them but I wasn't sure so the thing about snaps for me is I don't know if I actually feel like bending over and like fighting my thighs and everything I mean that's a whole other yeah (laughs) um like for me, it's logistically like kind of a, a little like a scotch of a nightmare because like, oh man, am I really going to be over here fighting my thighs to kind of get this snap back together? Or can I? I know? definitely hear you. That is, I. And I, oftentimes like you can either snap or hook and I'm like, listen, all of this sounds like a tragedy waiting to happen. So I'm going to have to. I, so as someone just a, a, a bit older. Um, the, the battle was real when I was very young and still believed that my mom was right. and Girdles were a thing because that was, you could have the essentially bodysuit style with, um, actually often hooks underneath, <laughs> which is like a level worse than snaps. Um, or, or you'd have that weird sort of parting shape <laughs> that you had to go down and which Honestly, you're fighting everything at that point. You're fighting yeah. things that want to escape from inside. You're fighting your. It's just too much. You know. It's so much, right? Because like <laughs> even even the notion of having like a hooking eye, like down down by my kitty cat, like no thanks. Oh yeah, no thanks. No, it, it was there was there was so much opportunity for very bad things. That was yeah. I was so glad the day where my mom finally one time too many said essentially you know, you should wear a girl with that. It'll help you look slimmer. And I'm like, mom, there's, there is not one person who's being fooled by this. It's not, it's not like they're glancing over and going, oh, I always thought Jenny was fat. Um, (laughs) It's not happening that way. That's not the experience for, for anyone involved in this conversation. (laughs) And so, so no. And it, it took me a while to get to the place where I could be like, yeah, nope. Oh man, I'm, I'm hopeful that generations coming after me are not having to experience as much of that. I think that's. Yeah. Yeah. I know like my son just came in and he was trying to put on a pair of, um, he loves the color pink. Like pink is, Mm -hmm. there's pink he's trying to go for. He's trying to wear it. He loves it. And he was trying to put on his favorite pink shorts. And Jenny, my man has had a growth spurt. (laughs) and you know we come from a time where we were essentially taught that we had to fit in to things and I was like babe no these don't fit it's fine let's find some clothes that that make you feel comfortable because this is not going to be it and so often I wish that we had someone say that to us right yeah not make us feel bad about having to go up a different size you know, and possibly we wouldn't feel the way that we feel about being a 7X or a 6X in Friday patterns. You know what I mean? I think you're absolutely right. And that is that is one of the things where when I found, when I discovered finally that it was possible to own 
plus size patterns, patterns that almost, but didn't quite fit my body. That, that was really big to me. And after following uh, Jenny at Cashmere, which is the first place I, I spotted that concept, I realized that every time she would talk to customers about how to fit a garment and what was going on when they'd say like, well, it's, um, you know, my waist is too big for this, that, or the other. She's like, nope, that's, that's not it. The problem isn't that your waist is too big. The problem is the waistband is too small or the dart is too small or this or that because it's It's not your body. Yeah. Reframing that was huge for me when I returned to sewing because I still was I mean, honest to God, before I returned to sewing, my younger daughter was sewing for me and I would update my measurements for her and I would update them. I'm going to say aspirationally. So I'd pull the the measuring tape across. I'm a sewist. I used to make wedding dresses custom for people. I would pull the measuring tape across my chest and I'd be like 50, no, 49 and a half. And I was, I was sending these to her. And when the garments would come, I'd be like, I don't understand why they don't fit. <laughs> and, and it's because it was, it was, there was the number. It was the, the feeling that I had to make my numbers more presentable, even though let, let's be real here saying my hips were 60 inches when they were 62. I, I, I don't know that if you're a biased person anyway, that 60 is a better number in any real way. I mean, but if anything, Jenny, there. just go down to 59 and a half there too, you know? <laughs> so I was doing this and we were, it, it was mind blowing to me because I had started sewing for myself again. And it was months before I finally went, oh, I think part of the problem is because I'd like measure my waist at, at 45, say, and then when I made the garment, I'd be like, but I should build in some. And so I was, I was making the numbers smaller and then making the garment bigger and nothing fit quite right because mathematically I wasn't doing it. Right. And finally, one day I, I just owned up to my numbers. And that, I mean, that was huge. That was so hard. And yeah. it's so like, what, what mindfuckery was happening because I know better. I mean, I know better. And I still, I got in my head so much about it that I was, I mean, it was very bad. (laughs) You know, it's so funny because I feel like I'm the opposite. Like I don't, like I, I know how to take measurements, but I think that because I take them myself, there's that definitely that room for error. Like I, and and well, yeah, that is a problem. (laughs) Whenever I am making, woven garments I'm like mm, let me just remeasure one more time and then for woven garments I will do the exact opposite and I will make them bigger and then I'm like why isn't this fitting and it's like you doubted you yeah. doubted your size and how they drafted and now here you are with an ill-fitting garment that you now have to go back and refit to your actual body um so I, th- I think that's so interesting how we how our internalized biases are manifested, right? Like, um, as opposed to it just being kind of, nope, this is what my measurements are. This is what this pattern says to make based off of these measurements. And this is how these measurements will fit in or be a finished garment. Well, it's, yeah, it's a, there's, there's a lot of societal pressure around it, but yeah, yeah, it gets complicated. And I, I did the same thing with my woven dresses when I moved from 
doing all knits because I'm like, at least there's the fudge factor. Whatever happens here, more body con isn't going to hurt my feelings. And so it was fine. But when I started, I think it was with the Upton, um, the Upton dress by Cashmerette, which is uh-huh. fitted bodice with a fitted waistband. And then you have essentially a half or three quarter circle skirt or other options. I mean, there, there are lots of things you can do with that skirt pleats. It doesn't matter. But, but through the chest and the waist, it, it matters. You want that yeah. to fit correctly, which is, I, I think in that case, like between half an inch and an inch of ease. And I was building them with so much more than that, because I, because I didn't believe it was going, <laughs> going to fit correctly. I mean, I, in my head, I'm like, well, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tuck on another half inch there. I'm going to do scant yeah. quarter inch seams instead of the five eight seam and all these things, which by the time you get all the way around a garment can really make for an oversized piece that yeah. was not intended and not what I wanted, but mentally in the wrong place. Absolutely. Yeah. That's very much so relatable. And then of course, there's the issue of when you're grading for hips and you actually don't really have big hips, but you, you have a big butt. Yeah. And that's that's who the truth is. Like my truth lies in my assets here, you know, Yeah, Um, I mean, you got it. You got to make for the body you have. There's no, there's no future in trying to make for a body that doesn't exist for you. Embrace it. Yeah. Honestly, I think that that right now is my favorite thing about even sewing for my kids. So my, my kids are, my oldest is very long and lean. She has the body of a dancer, right? She is just pretty standard size. And like, I generally don't have to grade between sizes for her. Whereas, um, my younger two, they got their mama's hips and and thighs and they are not out here lying. I mean, like when I, Jenny, when I tell you that they've got the perfect booties, I'm like, come here, juicy booty. Like, let me just snuggle you up. (laughs) Right. Um, and the first sugar maple skirt that we made for Aurora, um, I noticed that that backside was rising up a little bit and I don't want her to be self-conscious. Like when she's wearing skirts, because I'm sure that you dealt with this too, because you've got a bodacious booty as well, right? Yep. It's pulling down in the back and the constant adjusting to make it so that you feel yeah. comfortable. And so as I was making her uniform skirts, I made sure to do tiny full booty adjustments for her so that as she's yep. wearing her skirts, she can be confident that they aren't rising, that we don't have to deal with anybody saying, hey, your skirt's up higher in the back and ever making her feel self-conscious about this beautiful body that she has. And I feel like that's so inspiring because, you know, this is the time frame that these insecurities start and that seed is planted and then grown yep. and, and watered as she gets older. And I don't even want those seeds to be planted in my kids. You know, I don't no. want them to think that there is, you know, anything wrong with what their parents have gifted them. Right. Because, um, <sighs> bodies are great, right. Whether you have a big booty or not, whether it's completely abled or not, like our bodies are, are going to body. You know, yes. our bodies are out here body oddying, and I feel like we should be really focusing on learning on ways to celebrate them and highlight them versus those ways that that make us feel uncomfortable or have this negative connotation. So I'm loving that I have the ability to do that with my kids now, 
right? Because if I have the ability to plant this seed of confidence and beauty and um, being able to celebrate the bodies that they have, I just want to do that, right? Because I don't want them to be 25, 35, trying to get to know and love these bodies that they've had all their lives. It feels so much easier if you're able to get that into your head younger. I know in my raising, my my mother, who is heavy, um, she would not like me to call her fat. So she was heavy. And she she was so uncomfortable in her body mm. for all the time I've known her up to now. She's still very uncomfortable in it. That it would come out as sharing that with me about my body and still does. I'll go over to her home and take a seat in a chair that I bought for me to sit in, in her nursing home. And she will pause and say, are you sure that will hold you? And, and go through these different sort of repeated scripts of damages that were probably done to her. And she's now doing to others. And it's, it's really hard for me. I've had to draw a hard line and say, Remember, if we're, if we're going to talk about my body and whether I need to lose weight and other things, I will not stay. <laughs> and, and I finally, after three years, she's, she's hit the space where she gets it and doesn't raise it with me, but she does with my daughters and my granddaughters. And I have to support them and also saying, you know, you need to find your line. And when it's crossed, step away. She's trainable. It takes a long time, but she is trainable because whatever damage was done to her, she's, she's just passing it along. Right. I know it was done to her. I know her in-laws were very cruel to her and I know all these things, but it doesn't change the need to try and put something in that path because you don't want that cycle to continue. If you can avoid it, I'm only sad that it took me until my fifties to instead of just sort of laughing it off and walking away to say, actually, this, this harms me and I'm not going to stay here for it. <laughs> right. Like, here's my line. Yeah. You either choose to cross it and I'll leave because I want to protect myself. Or I recently actually just had a very similar conversation with my mom too, um, because she's said some harmful things about my weight. And, um, and I really want to, I say it's, it's a generational thing because I really feel like up until now we have been, we've, we've yes. been critical of bodies, right? If you were not close to the standard of beauty, of beauty that, you know, our society has deemed as beautiful and you weren't deserving of just a compliment of, oh, you look so happy. You know, yeah. um, I feel like now we're seeing like the blog posts of, you know, 50 ways to compliment people that have nothing to do with their bodies, right? Because yeah. Um, bodies, like I said, are going to body, right? Um, and there's other things to talk about when we see people like, oh, you got a new haircut. It looks amazing. I love the way that it looks on you or, oh, you look so happy. Yes. Cause short hair, right? The best thing in the world. It is. There are so <laughs> many different things to do. And like, I recently had to have a conversation with my mom because again, she was saying some things that. I don't think she thought was harmful to my kids, right? Talking yeah. to my son about how much he was eating. Like, you aren't full yet. I think that you've had enough to eat. Well, no, we're teaching him to listen to his body. And if his yeah. if his stomach hasn't given the feedback and you can ask him in a different way that doesn't make him feel guilty about his hunger, right? Because yeah. my son doesn't sit down. He's always moving. Like, He's like running circles in the house, running, chasing after the cats, run up and down the stairs. Like Jenny, he doesn't sit down. So he consumes more, more food because he's out here 
like burning more calories than anybody in the house. So of course he's starving. You know, his body is like, we haven't stopped moving. We need food. You know, there's also something really special about boys and the way that their growth spurts work that does involve, from what I can tell, so many more calories. And I only had daughters, but I had a teenage boy move into my home in it, in his teens. That's probably self-evident from that sentence, but, but just to clarify. And, um, and my food bill doubled. Like we were four humans. We added one human and I spent twice as much on food. And this was, it, it, this was a, a child who just metabolized differently, but was also like adding six inches to its height. Exactly. And it turns out your body's like, whoa, whoa, if you're going to do that, I'm going to need some food. Exactly. <laughs> And it's wild. It's just, it's a true thing. I mean, it's, it's bodies are going to body. That's the way that they function. And that's it. And I think I, I had to have a conversation with her because my dad doesn't do any kind of fat phobic, anything. He's like, absolutely not. These, they are beautiful as they are. Like he doesn't care for it at all. And I remember having a conversation with him and he was so upset. He was like, I'll to go talk to her. My dad is very like gruff McGruff. And I was like, it's okay, dad. Like, I got it. I'm going to, I'm going to have a conversation because, um, like, I don't, I don't want to feel like my kid, like, I don't want, I don't want her to have this internal dialogue about herself because my mom is a beautiful woman. She right. should feel amazing. She should feel beautiful. Um, you know, she's, her body has gotten her this far. So this should be celebrated, right? Yes. And I don't want I don't want her to have that internal dialogue, but I definitely don't want her to pass down that internal dialogue to the kids either because I've worked like my husband and I have worked so hard. Like my kids love to walk around naked and stare at themselves <laughs> in the mirror and admire their bodies and their beauty. And you know, I'm like, I was not able to do that until my 30s. You know what I mean? Like, and even now I still have those moments where I'm having to physically and intentionally coach myself away from that thinking that was indoctrinated, you know? So, um, and I know that this episode is about inspiration. So honestly, I'm really feeling like the biggest inspiration for me right now has been my kids and, and watching them through this journey of finding themselves and finding, you know, who they are and living out loud, right? Like I've got a little boy who loves pink will wear pink all the time. I've got a little girl who is like out here being queen fashionista. Like she got these, like, I mean, I was like, where am I? Am I back in the nineties? She's got these like (laughs) um, sunglasses and she's got her little heart shaped bag and is like really dressing her best, her best life. And, you know, my oldest is really embracing, I don't want to say this Gothic side, but like, you know, almost like almost a goth look. Like she likes to be dressed in all black and I'm just loving. And that's awesome. Yeah. I'm loving watching them grow and develop and see their sense of style. And honestly, that is such an inspiration to me to redefine and refine my style. I think that is, is wonderful. And it's, I agree with you. I see things all the time in my kids and my grandkids and always have that have been um, the sorts of things that help me to be more me, um, <laughs> you yeah. know, in ways that I, I don't expect my older daughter internalized, um, body positivity a lot before I did. Um, uh, mm, she's a, a plus size person as well. And, um, her ability to be like, whatever, I like wearing t-shirts that look like this or whatever the shorts are what I want to wear 
has been a thing that really had an impact on me over the years. Even before I returned to sewing, my garment purchasing looked different because I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe I don't have to wear navy slacks and button down shirts all the time, which as an oh account for some, I can't even picture imagine. you in that. Oh my <laughs> The beginning of my accounting career, particularly, but prior to that, I was all elastic waisted linen pants and tunics. I mean, and it was stuff where I was like, Jenny, this we is need what you're supposed to wear. Happen. <laughs> because like, I literally cannot even picture this in my head. It's wild. All. I'll try and put some pictures in the show notes. It's, it's, I came from a different space and then she helped me to find and define color. My younger daughter helped me to recognize that it was totally okay for me to be interested in vintage vibes that were not of the now. So the eighties had a Renaissance, the nineties will have a Renaissance, but, but if I'm, you know, everybody else is dressed in eighties and I'm like, fuck it, I want a poodle skirt. It's okay for me to want to do that. There's, there's, I'm allowed. And that was one of the things I definitely, definitely got from her as well as the knowledge that as a grown ass person, I was allowed to dress in costumes for Halloween and conventions and hell to go to the movies if I felt like it. <laughs> and it, it was really great. Now my, my granddaughter, I have two granddaughters. They're both completely amazing. They're both completely different from each other. Um, my older granddaughter tends to dress. She's 12 years old. She tends to dress in styles that are more typically sold as boy styles and sometimes even at Target, they'll just go over and look at the t-shirts and the shorts because they're the things that she wants to wear. Yeah. And one of our experiences that you may may or may not have seen, especially if you're making most of the clothing, um, when she's out shopping is we'll find people who are trying to, to douse her fire and enthusiasm for that. Where, what are you doing? Walking up to a random family in a clothing store and being like, are you sure you want that? This is the boys section. I mean, whatever, it's clothing what? <laughs> Tell me what makes the SpongeBob t-shirt a boy shirt. <laughs> I'm not, but also I'm like, not it's that. the audacity to invite yourself into someone else's shopping experience. Like what, what is even happening? Yeah. I, well, I used to get that as a fat woman when I'd shop ready to wear from people who were like, I, that feels too tight for you. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, it feels right to me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're going on about. But <laughs> The, the audacity of people <laughs> never ceases to amaze me because it oh is, gosh. yeah, it like, is. Did you picture like going into someone's shop shopping experience where you were not invited and being like, I don't think that's it, or you shouldn't no. be over here? Like, now, at grocery stores, I have often wanted to return the favor that was done to me for so many decades and just walk oh up gosh, and be like, do I don't feel like you have enough ice cream in your cart, sir. <laughs> And just see, you know, because these are the people who are like, I would it hurt you to put a vegetable in there? And I'm like, I mean, it might. I, mean, <laughs> I might be allergic to it. You don't know. Yeah. And also I get my fucking vegetables at the farmer's market. But I mean, it's it's one of those things where it doesn't even matter if all I eat all day, every day is ice cream. Why is that your business? <laughs> so anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can have a whole podcast about the assholeness of people when you're out shopping for anything anyway what other things inspire you besides your children is there um, anything else to talk about <laughs> I'm loving um 
don't get me wrong. Like I love my tried and true designers. Love them. Yeah, of course. But I'm also loving the size expansion that's that we're seeing happen um, in the call, yes. the call for truly in, like inclusivity, right? So we're seeing brands um, almost do a step-by-step um, inclusion as they get more comfortable with getting larger sizes, right? Um I know for starters, like I love Edgewater Ave swimsuits, like just because I'm plus size doesn't mean that I'm not here for like a little slutty swimsuit too. You know what I mean? Like, I love it. I I live for it. I'm trying to show off, you know, these thick thighs that my fries gave me. Right. And I, I feel like, yes, there is an audience for those, for the plus size community who does want to be covered up. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Having having conservative sense of style, absolutely wonderful. I think that everyone should have something that is meant for them. But those Edgewater Avenue swimsuits, like when I was going to Mexico and I was like, oh, this is an adult only trip for me. Like, I just want to look sexy <laughs> and not have to be like, is this too much for someone who has three kids with her? You know what I mean? And well, I um, right. I've got to really, ask you if yeah. you've seen... This, which is inspirational for me, and I haven't been able to figure out what kind of pattern I could adapt for it. Nina Sheree Resort and Swimwear. Oh. Okay, so I'm going to show you a one-piece thong, which is the only one piece that has ever tempted me. This is a thong swimsuit with giant bat wing arms. Wow. And I don't, I literally have no words for what's happening here but I want it with every fiber of my being. Um, <laughs> wow. This is, this is a brand that I find really interesting for ready to wear, but because oh. I sew, I'm constantly trying to figure out how I can adapt some of that to, to things that would be makeable for my body. But you know what I almost think that you could do is make the um, Evie one piece from Caramia. Yeah. And but and have that be the base so that underneath Yes it does. Yeah. Foot. But then even do a um do a modified gardenia on the top. Okay. That gets interesting. I just looked at the gardenia, which is one I don't own yet. And no I do own. Oh my God, I do. I do own it. I hated it um, because I had a, I made it. No, I made it out of rayon. She's fully aware that I hated it. I made it out of a rayon and I could not make the bias tape work, which is why it's hilarious that I've made 25 plus yesterday. dresses. I remember her saying twice. that about how yeah. you don't love the bias tape. <laughs> I didn't. I could not make it work. I think essentially I can't gather the bias tape and then buy. <laughs> That's like at that point, you're asking my brain to do too many things. So but and you know, that is such a neat I'm idea. the opposite. I love the way that that gathering looks underneath the bias tape. And you know what? I saw Mr. Domestic had, what is this? The singer bias tape maker that is currently not produced anymore. Jenny. Jenny. I searched high and low, found it, bought it, have never used it. I, yes, I used it once after two years to demonstrate that I could use it. <laughs> I bought the gardenia and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to whip out this bias tape maker. <laughs> so what I ended up doing was sort of the opposite. Once somebody online was like, um, Sarah Fornia, she said, you know, 
just don't worry about cutting everything perfectly and you'll be fine. <laughs> and so that's my new path is that I, I don't even use a ruler. I just go <laughs> a long diagonal line and a second long diagonal line about two inches away. And then I'm like, cool, that's bias tape. And weirdly, that's what worked for me was because I was doing quilt binding bias tape. Like I was Uh. like lining up with the direction of the threads to make sure I was squared properly. And I mean, I was doing all the stuff and it was coming out so badly. And it turned out once I, you know, essentially took the method where I'm like, I'll just down a shot and cut some stuff. It worked much better. I don't actually drink, but it's the concept, right? That's sort of, I'm going to get loose and then I'm going to see what happens. And it was beautiful. Are you loving your machine now? Um, which one? The bias tape one. I have not whipped it out just yet. Okay. So it's not as hard as it looks. The place that you have to be cautious is if you have, if you have sewn sections of bias tape together first, I found when it fed through that it really struggled there. If I had not pre-ironed it to within an inch of his life. And honestly, it made me make the decision that if I was going to use it, I just wasn't going to join it before I folded the bias tape, that I was okay. just going to cut lo- as long a set of strips as I could. Because for the most part, if you're doing a neckline or armholes, you don't need a join anyway. Right. And I just do that and feed it through. And if I had to join for like a hem or a waistband I was doing or whatever, I would I would worry about joining after it had been made. So that's my, my top that's tip. Better. But also like you, I'm generally not, I'm not bias taping anything outside of like, I saw that for the yesterday dress that bias tape around the hem was an option. I was like, but would I? Yeah, I've done it on one and I liked it. It looked cute. I did it because I thought it would be adorable, but, but it, you know, whatever. I'm probably not going to do it a whole bunch. I will say for the yesterday, my, you asked my favorite fabrics and I gave them all to you, but my favorite outcome, which is different than my fabrics. Mm. (laughs) is I've made two of them out of linens that were either plaids or checks and doing the yoke on the bias and the rest of it on grain. That's been my favorite outcome. I think that it's is such an interesting visual. Yeah. It, it brings, I don't know. It brings something to it that looks like it elevates it in some weird way that I really, yeah. really liked. Mm. So I'm like, so that's I'm my, thinking yeah. to myself, like, what could I do that with? Hmm. Yeah. And I, um, honestly, I hit Joanne and their clearance section because I, I love clearance and picked up <laughs> several, I mean, wow. But I picked up several um, clearance plaids that were sort of in that lawn feeling range Um because I'm like, I, and some of them are uneven plaids. I don't even know if they'll work as well because everything I've done so far is even like they're, they're mirrored, you, you, but yeah. this one's got an uneven repeat, but I, but I'm going to try it because I really love that bias of the check, like the, the yeah. plaid bias. I mean, I don't think it'd be as exciting if I did a bias on a floral pattern. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, I yeah. Know. Notice, but, but here I, I haven't have. been like really fabric shopping outside. I haven't even really bought fabric from Joann's, but I haven't been like in a store fabric shopping since we hung out. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't get there a lot, but in my local area, Joann is what there is. Yeah. And so that's right. It's either that or it's all online for me. Yeah. 
Um, I actually have been meaning to go to fine fabrics because again, because now I am inspired to use so much color and yeah. that's why I was asking, um, about, you know, what people's favorite kind of drapey, because I feel like I am like, I turned 40 next year. So I feel like I'm in like this rich auntie era. Yes. I know I've got three kids, but I'm like, I feel like I'm living peak rich auntie. And I'm like, I want all of the like flowy, like, you know, rich looking, but possibly not costing fabrics, you know, that, you know, I just am looking to really work with, like, I've got a, um, a fuchsia satin that I got from fabric.com that I'm just like, what is the perfect pattern that is going to work for this? And I'm thinking that I'm going to make the saguaro pants with it because why not? Right. And, like, and you'll get that extra nice. sound feature, right? Because yeah. that's the thing I love about satin is how you get, there's a wrestling. There's like that swoosh, swoosh, swoosh. Yep. You know, and of course, that's the other thing that is really inspiring me. And I feel like, and that's probably the reason why I feel like my closet is possibly, there's nothing to wear because like, I'm really feeling like, you know, post pandemic, I'm like, I just want to be comfortable and like, look cute. Mm-hmm. Like, I just... Like I used to love double brush polyester, but Jenny, I am a sweaty person. This is yeah. how I identify. This is who I am. And that double brush polyester, it just, it, it doesn't breathe it enough does. for me. Yeah. I and, agree. I used to make a lot with it because it comes in great colors and patterns. Yes. And I, I don't think I have a single piece in my wardrobe. I have one piece in my stash that I'm going to get rid of because it's just sitting there and I know I'm not going to make anything with it. And I've only kept it because I'm like, but I really like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it used to be my favorite, but um, then I wore it to my brother's wedding in September last year. And I literally could not stop sweating. Like we were indoors with AC on and like, I was like, whoosh, like my makeup is like melting off of my face. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sweating so much. I'm don't know what's going on and it's because like I'm where I'm draped in double brush polyester because the dress that I wore was you know it was like a little flowy it had like you know to it which also meant that all of that fabric was like trapping in my body heat so now I'm you know now I'm really inspired to make the clothing that I feel like is going to help me transition into this like you know, where we are even globally, like with climate change, global warming and everything like that, like with it just being more hot and me, my poor is still screaming, I need to breathe, you know? Yeah. So this is another one of the reasons why I'm looking at some more wovens as well as some different um, knits. Like I love a bamboo, but yeah. bamboo doesn't typically come in all of these nice bright colors that I'm trying to get into, you know? I, um, I agree it's a bit of a struggle with, with knits between what you're looking for, for temperature control for your individual person versus where you're going to find those colors. That's, that's always been the struggle for me. Um, I, I really love Julia Allison cost, um, who's, a that, um, has been featured in a lot of the Karamia makes, um, does oil paintings and then sets them up to be able to be printed on fabric and sells that. I think I've tagged her in my post. Yeah, she's she's awesome. I love her fabrics. They're um, 
They're more than I would typically spend on fabric. They're thirty dollars mm-hmm. a yard, but that does include shipping in the U.S. Oh, okay. So, so you don't even have to calculate for that, right? You know exactly what it's going to cost you. And she has bamboo knits um, in these okay. beautiful floral things. So that's that can be nice. I have one um, on my table that I had intended to make a sugar maple skirt out of, but I haven't. I haven't committed to that yet. So I, I don't know what it's really going to become. I love that for, for those bamboo type things um, for sure. And for the wovens, when you're talking about it, I mentioned that I really love my linens. I get those from fabrics-store.com. And I don't know if you've shopped there. They're exclusively a linen company. What? Um, exclusively a linen company? Yes. But if you wait for them to be on sale, particularly, the linens can be as low as $10 a yard, which is super reasonable. They're 58 inches wide, generally speaking. And they sell, so the IL-19 is kind of the um, five and a half ounce weight. And the IL-20 is the three ounce weight. And those are my two absolute, like if I could, if I was only allowed to buy two fabrics ever again in my life, those would probably be the two I'd buy. And I'd just be like, I guess I'm not doing knits anymore uh, because, because I find them to be between those two weights. Perfect. You can dye them, which I love doing, but they also sell a huge range of colors. Mm, I'm so, on here now and I'm like, Oh, and then they have these patterns too. They do have a very, yeah, they have a, a selection of patterns. They don't tend to meet what I would consider a body inclusive sizing. And I've talked to them about that and they, you know, they say they're talking to their design team or whatever, but, um, but they don't come up to my body size. And sometimes it matters because if the, if the skirt isn't gathered, if it is gathered, I can probably do it because I fall within most companies straight sizing for my high chest, chest and waist, not all companies, but most companies, I, I exceed significantly for my bicep and my butt. And so, so there's, there's a place there. So there's sometimes things that I can make work, sometimes things that I can't, and they have a ton of free patterns. So they have ones you can buy that they send to you on their beautifully printed fat pattern paper with, uh, with the hook to hang it in your closet and everything. I mean, they're like fancy. But those don't tend to come up to my size and they also cost money. Um, so, so I tend to go with the free ones and, and adjust the skirts if I need to. And I have made several of those that I've liked. On the uh, feed of Julia Allison Cost, I see you out here. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> that's another lovely feature um, <laughs> is, is I end up posting something and Julia does share it far and wide, which is nice. And um, in her shop as well. She often asks permission from folks who've made things to include those in shop images. So I've got a, a quilt and several dresses that, that are included um, in, her, in her shop. But her, her stuff is beautiful. The quality is really good, which I think for me was one of my hesitations, was concern about whether or not I'd get the quality that I was looking for. Because you, you don't always, from people who print yeah. it, just depends, right? Test it out. Um, but I've been very satisfied with the quality. I bought cotton wovens from her and I bought the bamboo as well. So what's the minimum yardage that you typically buy if you don't have a project in mind? If I don't have a project, I buy three because with three, I'm probably going to be able to make at least a knee length something (laughs) Um, from hers because they are all sort of that 59 inch, 58 inch wide stuff. If I'm buying 44 inch, obviously I buy more because 
I, I definitely need it. Um, but from Julia, I typically buy three yards. And if I'm feeling like wealthy, I might buy four, but it's, it's most often it's three for me. I am crying on the inside at if I'm feeling wealthy because (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just a thing. It's because I know that whatever I'm buying is probably one garment. There's, there's a pause for me. Um, I, you know, I'm, I, I sew, I sew a lot. I'm on track this year to make about 250 dresses. And if you assume they all take a minimum of three yards, exactly. I have to think about that dollar per yard. When I'm hitting the Joanne clearance, I'm looking for $2 a yard fabric, you know, where I can find it, which is uncommon. I'll concede that, but that's, that's my, my buy level for Joanne is, you know, no more than $3 a yard because I'm trying to spend more of my money at independent shops. Yes. And so I'm spending less money at Joanne, but I still like a deal. Yeah. I mean, like a quality deal will always get me as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm there. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? I've kept you so long and I'm so sorry, but you are a delight. I would I like mean, to so much show up and spend all day in your sewing room chatting. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, and Jenny, you already know that when we start chatting, it is just so much love. Um, that we absolutely could just chat all day. Um, it's so hard. <laughs> it is, it is. So, um, for me, I do have a couple of things that I can't quite talk about just yet, but I do have, um, you know, if, if you're looking on, on Instagram, August 21st to August 22nd, you'll definitely see some, some big things happening there. Um, I actually just started a podcast that is, uh, sewing and business related. And it is called, um, literally I just bought the domain yesterday and I was like, I'm going forward with this. And it is called the bespoke business and, um, bespoke, of course, the play on words from both fashion, but also because in my coaching business, I coach based off of what, you know, my clientele's needs are not just, we aren't cookie cutter, anything. It is, um, custom made to each person. Um, and then I also have some really very exciting news for um, my coaching business. For those that don't know, yes, I am a sewist, but I am also a um, an agency owner as well as a full-time blogger. Um, and I am a coach for people who are trying to, or who are looking to turn either their hobbies into business or more specifically grow their business to be more successful. And I've got two um, coaching, two group coachings that are getting ready to launch for specifically two um, makers. They are um, called So Paid for the content creator. So for the sewist who is looking to monetize their influence and then So Paid for craft businesses. So for the business that is looking for different ways to thrive. One of the things that I consistently see in our community is, um, you know, like if you're a pattern tester or you're a strike sewist, you know, you're unpaid, right? But but we are donating our time, materials, et cetera. And it's often, you know, one of the things that I hear oftentimes is, well, I don't have enough to pay. And a lot of it is because they've turned a hobby into a business and didn't actually kind of add into um, their structure, the marketing budget, the advertising budget, the sales strategy budget, right? Because those are all different things. And so- Um, as opposed to us seeing our hobbies as, you know, just a little business, right. And really downplaying it. Um, I want to help 
those who are in our industry really, really see the um, influence and the ability that they have by taking their business very seriously and by functioning and setting up strategic business plans and really functioning with strategy is one of the things that will help them to grow. Because I've seen businesses, um, unfortunately, burn and fizzle, you know, that had great potential. So I've got those coming out in September. That's really exciting to hear. Um, So September is when folks should start to look for those. Exactly. See you next Tuesday. The Punk Frackers is created, produced, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Punk Frackers. You can find Jenny at J.O. Hassler and Beverly at Weeds to Wildflowers. Our artwork and music is created and performed by Jim Duran. You can find him on Instagram and his website at jimduran.art.